Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zucaran. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetic scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time. Serving to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ is our focus. How does the fossil record in the Earth's geological strata fit with the biblical timeline? Most believe that the fossil record contradicts the Genesis account. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucaran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, our host, Pat, will be sharing from his weekly YouTube series, Question of the Week, in which he explains how the fossil record contradicts Darwin's theory and builds a case for the Genesis account. Aloha, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Question of the Week here at the Honolulu Christian Church. And remember, we want you to hit that like or subscribe button there on our YouTube channel so you can get updates on what we're doing and whenever something new comes out. So if you're being blessed by what you are seeing and what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button there. We talked about Darwinism and we talked about Darwinism is a theory with some very fatal flaws here that show you that the system does not work. All right. And if you want more information on the things we talked about on this particular topic, I highly recommend that you go to our website there at evidenceandanswers.org, evidenceandanswers.org there, and you can listen to some of the top scientists in the world speaking on this topic, all right? Not only on the topic of science, but numerous other topics regarding Christian apologetics, theology, Bible, history, archaeology, world religions, and ethics, and a whole lot more, right? Over 500 podcasts from some of the top scholars from all over the world that you can listen to, and some of the top scientists speaking on this subject that we're going to cover today, all right? Now, regarding Darwinism, as I stated, it's a theory that's got some serious flaws that show you the system doesn't work here. Now, we got some questions over this past week on Darwinism, all right? And we'll cover a few. And the one we want to start off with is this. Pat, how do Christians explain the fossil record? Does the fossil record support Darwin or the Bible? It seems to support Darwin's theory. Let's take a look at the fossil record and see what the fossil record does indeed reveal. Now, remember, Darwin theorized that life began from a single-celled organism. Then over the millions of years, eventually mutations and natural selection took its course, and we slowly start developing more and more complex life, and then it just begins to grow right into this what he called the tree of life. So in the fossil record, that's what we should be seeing. Life beginning with a single-celled organism. See, Darwin taught that we can trace our ancestry all the way back to a single-celled organism. So if you look at the lowest strata where life began, we should see a single-celled organism that we can trace our origins to. Then we should see a gradual development, a 
of two and three celled organisms. And then that branch continuing to grow as we see multi celled organisms appear and then more and more uh, species developing spanning a time period of billions of years. That's what we should be seeing in the fossil record, all right? That's what Darwin expected to see, and that's what evolutionary biologists expect to see in the fossil record. So in the fossil record, as we look at the fossils in the different layers of strata here, we should see very simple species at the lowest level where life began, and then as we move up the strata of several millions of years, we should see a gradual growth of more and more complex species and more and more continuing to develop as we move up the layers of strata. So we should have this what's called Darwin's tree of life there in the fossil record. When you study the fossil record, we have something quite surprising. We don't have Darwin's tree of life. What we have, and we're going to use the Darwinist dates here for the sake of argument here, all right? But if we go back 4 billion years when life began, we see very little, very little happening on the earth. And then suddenly, about 500 million years ago, we have a sudden explosion of life, right? It's called the Cambrian explosion. When 500 million years ago, we have a sudden explosion of multi-celled complex forms that suddenly appear without any evidence that they evolve from simpler ancestors in the layers below. So instead of Darwin's tree of life, a gradual development of species going from simple to complex, we have nothing going on for about 4 billion years and then all of a sudden, boom, a sudden explosion of life when numerous multi-celled organisms appear, numerous species suddenly appear in the fossil record and they haven't changed since, all right? So instead of the tree of life, this gradual development of the species descending or ascending from this one-celled organism, we have something that looks more like a rake, you know, just nothing, nothing, nothing going on and boom, suddenly numerous species of life multi-celled organism suddenly appeared and then there's sudden explosions of life after that, right? So this posed a great challenge for Darwin and evolutionary biologists even to this day, okay? And it's, so the Cambrian explosion, just this sudden burst of life upon the scene almost overnight is a problem for evolutionary biologists from Darwin till today. It's like this, okay? If you have a 12-hour clock, nothing is going on for the first 11 hours and 55 minutes, all right? Then suddenly, you know, in just the last few minutes, boom, a sudden explosion of life almost overnight according to the geological time records. In other words, life appeared on this earth very quickly and suddenly. And this is what poses a great challenge for evolutionary biologists. This was pointed out 
to Darwin by several scientists of his time, Agassiz and Pictet and others, they pointed this problem out to Darwin that the fossil record doesn't support history of life. We have a just a sudden explosion of life that comes upon the scene. And Darwin wrote about this problem in The Origin of Species. He said this, he says, the abrupt manner in which whole groups of species suddenly appear in certain formations has been urged by several paleontologists, for instance by Agassiz, Pictet, and Sedgwick, as a fatal objection to the belief in the transmutation of species. If numerous species belonging to the same genera or families have really started into life all at once, that fact would be fatal to the theory of descent with slow modifications through natural selection. Darwin stated that indeed the Cambrian explosion, if life suddenly appeared all at once in a sudden explosion of life as the fossil records seem to show, it would be fatal to his theory. And as we have searched the fossil record, we're beginning to see really that life suddenly exploded here upon this earth in the Cambrian explosion. So that proves to be was a problem for Darwin and remains a problem for evolutionary biologists even to this day. Then we have something serious missing in the fossil records. According to Darwin's theory, species gradually mutated and adapted and developed new body parts and organs over time, right? As they adapted and mutated, they began to form new body parts and organs and we should see this transition in the fossil record. All right, so Darwin knew that in order for his theory to be true, there needed to be what we call transitional forms of every species in the fossil record. We should be able to see fossils as these species begin to mutate and adapt and develop new organs and new body parts. We should be able to see that transition in the fossil record. And Darwin expected to find thousands of intermediate or transitional links in the fossil record. Instead, to his discouragement, we have found few, if any, transitional forms. What we have are the species, uh, the life forms, they suddenly appear in their full form and they have not changed since. Let me give you an example. Evolutionary biologists believe that the rat eventually evolved wings and developed into the bat. So what you should have in the fossil record then, you should have a lot of what we call transitional forms. Rats with stubs uh, on the shoulder area and then quarter length wings and then 50% length wings and then eventually full length wings forming into a bat. You should have those transitional forms in the fossil record. Instead, what we have is a full rat and a full bat, and we are missing all those transitional forms. Also, you have to ask yourself, the mechanism for macroevolutionary change, these uh, species developing new organs and new body parts, right, is mutation and natural adaptation or survival of the fittest, natural selection. Well, think about it. I mean, how does a rat with 50% long, you know, bat wings, how does that help that rat to survive in the wild? 
Those wings are too short for that rat to fly, and yet they're too long for that rat to be mobile there on the ground. How would that kind of adaptation help that rat to survive? Uh, the system doesn't work. Instead, the fossil record seems to match the Genesis account. In Genesis chapter 1, when it talks about God creating the living animals, he says, He created each according to its kind. And that's what we seem to have in the fossil record. These species appear in the fossil record, and they have not really changed since. What we should be having is thousands of transitional forms amongst the species, all right? And we are missing those transitional forms. And that poses a tremendous challenge. It posed a tremendous challenge to Darwin that he wrote about and to evolutionary biologists today. In line with this, someone asked me a question, well, what about Archaeopteryx? Doesn't Archaeopteryx represent a transitional form? Right now, those of you studying dinosaurs, if you remember Archaeopteryx, Archaeopteryx, we don't know if that's a bird or a reptile. It has wings and feathers and a wishbone, so it appears to be a bird, but it also has claws on its wings and teeth in its mouth, and so it could be some kind of reptile. We're not sure what it is. Right now, many evolutionary biologists and naturalists say, well, you see, that is the transitional form between reptile, some kind of lizard creature, to bird. That is the transitional form. Well, it really doesn't build a case for Darwin's theory here. First of all, Archaeopteryx is just one candidate to be a transitional form. There ought to be thousands in all the species. Second of all, what is Archaeopteryx? I mean, it seems to be an anomaly. Zoologists and paleontologists are confused as to exactly what this is. Is it a bird or is it a reptile? They're beginning to conclude that it seems to be an anomaly like the platypus, all right, the duck-billed platypus. What is the platypus? Is it a mammal or is it a bird? All right, we don't really know. It seems to be an anomaly here. And that's what Archaeopteryx seems to be. So it doesn't build a case for Darwin's theory. And even if it was the in-between reptile and bird, even if it was in-between, you're still missing a lot of transitional forms that go from lizard or reptile all the way up to Archaeopteryx. And then you're still missing a whole bunch of transitional forms of Archaeopteryx going all the way up to bird. So you're still missing a whole lot of transitional forms. What we have found in the fossil record then, we are missing these transitional forms. That's fatal to Darwin's theory. Now, a question along these lines is this. It says, Pat, we found species of ancient birds that once had teeth and fish that once had eyes, uh, but because of the darkness and depths they live in, they have mutated and changed into something else. Aren't these transitional forms? No, they are not, all right? First of all, we have found ancient birds that may have had teeth, all right? But now we know birds no longer do. Well, that isn't the creation of new organs or new body parts. You haven't created anything new. If anything, you've taken something away. Just like these fish, because of the depth and the darkness that they live in, 
right? Their eyes no longer work and they've adapted sensory organs of other types more that are, you know, more sensitive, okay? You still haven't developed any new organs or body types, okay? Instead, you've taken away something. So these are not transitional forms either. Now, what was Darwin's answer to the absence of these transitional forms? Darwin said, could it be that the fossil record is not complete? He had great faith that someday we would discover many of these transitional forms. Well, we've done a ton of digging during Darwin's time all the way up till now. We have extensive uh, findings of the fossil record and we are missing those transitional forms. And so really with the tremendous archeological and geological diggings that we have done, we haven't found the transitional forms and that is fatal to Darwin's theory. Well, along these lines, we have another question here. Pat, what about apes and men? Apes have 99% similarity in DNA to men. So doesn't that prove the case for Darwin's theory that men evolved from apes and chimps? Well, the true story is this. Scientists are now discovering that we are 90 to 95% similar in our DNA with the great apes and chimps. Not 99%, about 90 to 95%, all right? Now, remember, we're talking in percentages here, okay? 95% similarity, but there's a 5% difference here. That 5 or 10% difference represents thousands or perhaps even millions of amino acid and protein combinations, right, in the genetic mapping of animals and humans, all right? 5% is a lot. It's a significant difference when you're talking, you know, the genetic mapping between animals, apes, and humans. It's kind of like this. Let's take the Microsoft Word or Microsoft Windows program here. And if we changed 5%, okay, if we change 5% of that program, 5% of those digits, all right, would you have a working program? No, you wouldn't. And 5% in that Microsoft Windows program, you're talking hundreds, if not thousands of digits that have been changed. So we're talking percentages here, okay? And when it comes to the DNA code and DNA map between apes and humans, that's a significant difference. Also, humans and daffodils have about 35% similar DNA. Well, no one says that humans are 35% daffodils. So that similarity doesn't build the case for Darwin's theory. In fact, this actually seems to show common design rather than common descent, all right? If the intelligent designer has a model or framework that works, you would expect him to use it on multiple things or species that he is working upon. So it seems to show common design rather than common descent. Well, we're gonna end with this question here, which is a good one. It says, Pat, if Darwinism does not have the evidence you state, why do the majority in science believe it to be true? Well, first of all, let me give you the inside scoop amongst the naturalist scientists here. Amongst the naturalist science community, there is a lot of disagreement when it comes to the theory of Darwin, the origin of life, and 
how we have the various species that we have. Okay? There is not the unity that it looks from the outside. When you go inside these circles, attend their conferences, and you see these men dialogue with one another, there and you know read the scientific journals there is a lot of disagreement amongst evolutionary biologists on the theory of the origin and diversity of life so that unified front that appears on the outside when you get on the inside you'll see that there is a lot of disagreement there second of all this fulfills what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. He says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Men and women want to live separate from God, complete independence from God. They do not, they resist bowing their knee and submitting and worshiping the rightful God of all creation. And instead, they want to rebel and live life independent of God. And so they suppress the truth that is in front of them. I think if you take an objective look at the sciences, it points to intelligent design. But what do we do? We do not want to acknowledge God and the creator of the universe who deserves our worship and our submission to his lordship. Instead, we want to dismiss the evidence or reinterpret it, the evidence that is before us so we can dismiss perhaps the idea of the creator of the universe and not submit to his lordship. And so we distort or suppress the truth that is in front of us. That's what's the nature of sinful men and women. So it fulfills what the Bible talks about uh, regarding human nature and our rebellion against God. Now, for the naturalist, for the atheist, Darwinism has to be true. That's the only game in town. That's the only viable theory they see that explains the origin and diversity of life. If Darwinism is not true, what are we left with? We're left with intelligent design, a God, a creator. That's the alternative. And the naturalist does not want that. And so they're doggedly holding on to Darwin's theory of evolution. It's got to be true. If it's not, your only other alternative there is intelligent design, a intelligent creator. And that's not what they want. That's why they hold on to it doggedly. All right? Now, if Darwinism is true, you come to the dark conclusion that naturalists have all come to. Really, that life is an accident. The universe is an accident. There's no intended purpose for the universe to be here. There's no intended purpose for your existence or my existence. And everything ends in death and annihilation. Therefore, ultimately, there's no meaning. There's no hope. There's no significance. There's no standard for right and wrong. And ultimately, no free will. What a dark and foreboding outlook that is on life. If indeed naturalistic Darwinism is indeed true. Fortunately, I think if you look carefully at the evidence, it points to an intelligent creator. I think the fossil evidence and the evidence of science best is explained by the Genesis account that indeed there is a God 
who created the universe and created you and I, right? And so there is significance to our existence. There's meaning, there's purpose, there is life beyond the grave. And the purpose of our life is to know God, to enjoy Him, and discover the mission, the purpose for which He created you and I. All right, and life is filled with meaning and hope if indeed the Genesis account is true. And I believe the more you study the sciences, it's going to point you to an intelligent creator and ultimately the truth taught in the book of Genesis. Right? This concludes this week's episode of the week. I hope you'll hit that subscribe button and uh, you'll be notified whenever we produce anything new. And I hope you visit my website there at evidenceandanswers.org and listen to some of the great interviews with some of the top scientists on this topic from all over the world. Tremendous resource for you there. And keep sending your questions in at pat at evidenceandanswers.org. Pat at evidenceandanswers.org. And we look forward to seeing you here next week on Question of the Week. Aloha. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucarat. Oh,